Um, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the, to the workshop on finishing the work. Um, do you all know what we're going to be talking about? No? <laughs> well, you read on the thing, right, what we're going to be talking about? So what are we going to be talking about? God's will for our lives. Amen. What else? You tell me. Education. Education. All right. Yes. Okay. So I'm taking, excellent. I'm taking, um, I'm assuming that all of you guys are going are gonna to be here and we can develop this the whole concept over three hours. Is that right? Because the seminar, this seminar is, or the first hour here is the beginning, is the setting the stage for the conclusions that we're going to take in the, in the second and the third hour, okay? So it's, it's really important that uh, actually everything is building up to, to, the, to the final hour. So you're going you're gonna to definitely want to be there, especially for the last hour. Second hour is also very interesting. We'll talk about, we'll talk about uh, Adventism and, and what was the ideal design of Adventism and, uh, and how we kind of missed that boat, but how we're going to go jump right on that boat again, okay? So let's, um, let's have a word of prayer, and then we can start right into, get right into our topics so that we don't miss any more time. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you right now. We ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you might open our minds, that you might soften our hearts, and that, you might, that we might be willing to see what you have designed and what you have planned for our church and also for our personal lives specifically, Lord. Lord, you have a specific calling for each and every person that is in this room today. Lord, I pray and ask that you might fulfill that heart's question of what would you have me to do, Lord? So this is our question, and uh, we pray that you will answer this tonight and also in the next two hours. Please be with us. Be our teacher. Lord, let not our humanity be in the way of your divine revelation tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Let's start with a quote, which is going to be the context of everything that we're going to be talking about in this, in this hour. The, con the main quote that sets the foundation is, is uh, you can find it in the book Education, page 262. Some of you already know this quote. It's, it's kind of the theme quote of the whole week, the whole weekend. And so this is the, this is the, the context of what we're going to be studying in. Has anybody, can anybody find the quote for me? Can anybody find the quote? Education, page 262. And it's found in the chapter called The Life Work. The Life Work. Who has read that chapter on the life work already? Please raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. 
6. Amen. Okay. That's why we're having this hour here, right? Really important. The life work. That chapter tells us, tells every one of us what we're supposed to be doing. So if we don't read it, what happens? Well, then we don't know what we're doing, right? We don't know what God wants for our lives. So therefore, it's very important that we read that chapter on the life work. All right? The life work. Now, let's start with the first, I think it's the first three phrases of that chapter. The first three um, phrases. Phrases, the first three sentences, that's what, that's the word. All right, the first three sentences, who has it? Somebody has it? Can somebody read it? Book education? Come on, everybody with your iPhones and everything, come on. Okay, if not, I'll just start. How does it start? Success in any line line demands what? A A definite aim. See, everybody that has read it, they know it by heart. Can you tell? That's important. That's, what, that's how important it is, okay? So success in any line demands a definite aim. And then how does it continue? He who would achieve true success in life must keep steadily in view the aim worthy of his endeavor, right? Then... Such a name is set before the youth of today. Today, God has set before the youth, everybody, everybody in this room, what we're supposed to be doing. The definite aim of which we need to have steadily in view. Steadily, what does that mean, steadily? It means all the time, right? All the time. Like every day when you wake up, you need to have this method, uh, this Meta, this um, aim in your mind, okay? This goal in your mind. What is the goal? Here's the crucial, the crucial phrase. The heaven-appointed purpose of giving the gospel to, to the whole world in this generation is the noblest that can appeal to any human being. That's the noblest aim, Okay? The noblest aim, the noblest goal, objective that can appeal to any human being. What's the goal? Giving the gospel to all the world in this generation. Okay, excellent. So the goal, look, traditionally we have been saying this all over, everywhere where I go, if they're fairly biblical, right, um, in our churches, if they, if they want to do the right thing, they preach it this way. They say, let's give the gospel to the world, right? We need to be preaching unto all nations. That's what we're used to. That's what we've been saying. But it actually loses the main phrase. The main phrase. What's the main phrase that changes the whole perspective? In this generation. So the goal is actually What? The goal is to finish the work, to preach the gospel unto all nations in one generation. Like, you and I are not going to die before Jesus comes. Amen? Amen. That's the goal, right? 
So that's the goal. That's the, that's the plan. Now that's God's strategic plan. Get this right, okay? God's strategic plan, He wants to finish the gospel, the gospel commission, in one generation. Does that make sense? Now how long has it been taking us? Yeah, yeah, like a hundred and something years, right? Since, since the time of the end, right? So we have actually, we have not embraced that so much. We have actually not taken this counsel to heed. We have not made that our definite aim. Do you get up in the morning and think, I need to try to see how I can use my day today to try to finish the work in my generation, do you think that every day? No, right? Yeah, yeah. We'd all be lying if we said yes, right? Yeah, the truth is we don't think about it. But that is the definite aim. This is what we're called, this is what we're raised up to do, right? So, so we have a problem here that the heaven-appointed purpose, we're not taking into consideration so much, right? Now, we're going to see how God had actually designed. God has a strategic plan. I'm serious. Like step-by-step plan, okay? Steps of implementation. If you have, if, if there's any business people here, business managers or something like that, you're, you're, you would enjoy this strategic plan because it's so, I mean, it's the most intelligent plan that I've seen how to comprehensively preach the gospel unto all nations. So we're going to see that, but we're going to see that in the in the last hour, okay? In the last hour. In the, in the second hour, we're going to see the comprehensive plan on the method on how we're going to preach the gospel unto all nations. And this hour, we're going to see the type in Israel, how Israel was actually supposed to preach the gospel unto all nations, okay? Are you excited about that? You want to find out how Israel actually was designed to live, to preach the gospel? It was incredible. It's incredible. Sadly, unfortunately, they've, they didn't really do it, you know. And therefore, we have kind of a bad example. And guess what? We are the anti-type. You know what an anti-type is? It means it's, it's, it's like 10 times bigger, right? Like the lamb. And then you have Jesus, right? It's way bigger. So we have... We have uh, Israel, it did it a bad way, right? They did it kind of a bad way. And now we have the anti-type, right? The remnant church, us. What do we do? Yeah, we do it a lot worse, right? <laughs> this is what's happening, okay? This is what's happening. So how do, we, how do we figure out how not to do what we're doing or what we have been doing? Well, we need to get out of our boxes and look at ourselves and say, oh, actually... We're not as rich as we thought we are, right? Does that make sense? We're Laodicea. We have to realize, oh, actually, I'm lukewarm. I'm not hot. I'm not cold. I think I'm rich and have need of nothing, right? Revelation 3, verse 14 to 22, right? I'm, I think I'm rich and have need of nothing. And we need to realize and go say, wait a second. Are we really that rich? Oh, we have an institution here, right? No, that's it's baloney, right? It's like completely wrong. Why? Because God looks at us and what does He say? What does He say according to Revelation 3? Yeah, we're poor, blind, okay? 
poor, blind, naked. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Right? I mean, wretched, we're the worst people on the planet. According to that verse, right? According to that verse, we're the worst people on the planet, yet we think we are. Yeah, good people, right? So we have a problem here, and we need to realize that we are poor, that we have to repent of how we've done it in the past, and we need to figure out how we're going to actually preach the gospel unto all nations in one generation and go home and go to heaven. Amen? Amen. That's the whole idea. So, Israel. Let's go to Israel. Israel was... Let's go to Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verses 5 to 8. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Alright, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 to 8. This is the Old Testament gospel commission, okay? Listen to this. And this thing is hurting me here. Alright, listen to this. This is the Old Testament gospel commission. This was the design of Israel, how Israel was supposed to reach the entire world in their time, in their, in their time. So let's read. From verse 5, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Now, verse 6, Keep therefore and do them. Do what? Do what? Yeah, the commandments, right? The statutes and judgments. Do the commandments of God, because they're smart, right? Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of who? In the sight of God? Yeah, in the sight of the nations. Nations in Hebrew means pagans, okay? It refers to all the pagans. It means all the non-godly secular people of, of that time, right? The Philistines and all these people. They were supposed to see Israel as a very, um, it says here, this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. So the nations will think that you are wise. It says, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great that hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon Him for. Verse 8. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Wow. So how was the gospel supposed to be preached unto all nations? Well, education, yes. Well, according to the text, how is this supposed to happen? Are they going to go and do uh, evangelistic campaigns? No. No, say it. 
Yeah, they fulfill the commandments of God. They do what God tells them to do, right? And by their, it says there, by their testimony, right? By their testimony, people look at them and say, wow, these people are the wisest people on this planet, right? They're the most intelligent people on this planet. These guys, I want to be part of these guys. Because these are wise and understanding people. These are the most intelligent people. I want to be part of these guys, right? Even the, even the pagans were going to say, we're going to want to go and become Jews because they were the wisest people on the planet, right? That was the whole idea. That was the point. That was the, the, the goal that they were headed for. Israel was designed... Israel was designed to be the best of the best of the best nations in the world, right? Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 really quick. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. Deuteronomy from verse 1 actually, Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 up to 13. It's all about the blessings uh, that God bestows upon God's people if they simply do God's commandments, right? <clears throat> if they would simply do God's commandments, God would make them, what does it say in verse 13? What does it say? Somebody read it. Don't be shy. Uh-huh, read the verse. Wow. You should be the head and not the tail of society. You should be above only. Actually, in all things, right? In all things was, was Israel designed to be above, was designed to be the head of the entire world. Deuteronomy 7 verse 14 um, um, says the same thing. It says, it says that you will, be blessed, you will be blessed above all nations, it says, right? You will be blessed above all nations. So Israel was actually designed to be kind of like the, the, the most prosperous nation, the, mo- the best nation in the entire world. Let me read you a quote from the Ministry of Healing. Who in this room has read the Ministry of Healing? All right, a few more. Okay, okay. Ministry of Healing, uh, Testimonies, Volume 8 says that the, phys- the great physician's wisdom, God's wisdom, the great physician's wisdom is in the book, Ministry of Healing. The great physician's wisdom. So if you're, if you're interested in knowing how God ta- views health, okay, it's in the book Ministry of Healing. Now, in the book Ministry of Healing, it has it talks about all kinds of things, and in in um, page two hundred and eighty-three, okay, page two hundred and eighty-three, it says one of the most incredible statements that confirm what we've just seen from the Bible. It says, "Had the Israelites obeyed the instructions they received." and profited 
by their advantages, they, listen to this, listen to this verse, they would have been the world's object lesson of health and prosperity. Prosperity. Listen carefully. Israel would have been the object lesson for the entire world of health and prosperity. If as a people they had lived according to God's plan, they would have been preserved from the diseases that afflicted all the other nations. Above any other people, they would have been possessed, they would have possessed physical strength and vigor of intellect. They would have been the mightiest nation on the planet, on earth, on the earth, okay? Wow. They would have been the mightiest nation on the entire planet, right? Incredible. Incredible. Let, let me, let's think about this, okay? Israel was designed, we'll, we'll make a connection to, to our time, okay? What, what we're supposed to be doing, right? We're, we're actually designed exactly the same way. From, from what these guys are saying, Israel was actually designed to be the most prosperous nation in the entire world. Who's the most prosperous people today? Who do you think of if you think of like the richest man in the world? Or... Huh? The saxophone man? Who's that? The who? I don't understand. Anglo-Saxon? Oh, all the successful men. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, now I understand. Okay, the saxophone. All right, the, all the successful men. Yeah, who is that today? What do you think? You think of Jewish people? Okay, we think of Jewish people. They actually have some of this blessing, right? Now, they don't get the money correctly, right? But anyway... Right. They they do have a all you know, they own a lot of banks, right? All right, all the Jewish people, you think of the Federal Reserve, right? The Federal Reserve that owns the, basically owns the United States, right? These guys own just about anything. They own the the printing the the dollar printing press that that actually controls the entire world economy. Right, maybe except for Norway because you have enough oil here, but or there. This is Sweden, anyway. <laughs> okay, so, so, I mean, I mean, quite impressive. Okay, these are the guys. Okay, you know, Bill Gates and so forth. These are the ones that we look at and we say, "Wow, you know, these guys are like the most prosperous people, right? They're the richest people on the planet." Actually, Israel. And Adventism, think about it, was designed to be the object lesson of health and prosperity so that these guys would look at us, okay? The Federal Reserve, okay, would look at us 
and say, how do they do it? Okay? This is, this is, what, this is what is happening, okay? So, man, Babylon would look at Israel and say, how do they get so wealthy, right? How did they get so much money? They were to be the object lesson for health and prosperity. Actually, health, if they would have done the laws of God, if they would have lived their lives according to the laws of God, they would have had not one sickness according to Exodus 15, right? Exodus 15, verse 28, or 24 to 28, says that God will put none of the diseases of of Egypt on God's people if they simply follow the laws, the commandments of God. Now, which commandments is it talking about? Which commandments is it talking about there? Huh? The old commandments? Uh Uh-huh. Which commandments are the commandments that make you not have disease? Yeah, the natural laws, right? The laws of nature. It's, 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 so, it's, so, it's so simple, right? Look, if you eat a lot of fat, what are you going to turn out to be? Fat, right? That's how it works, right? It's cause to effect. It's simple, right? So if you're going to eat a lot of cholesterol, eating a cholesterol-based diet, right? Well... You're going to have problems because you're going to clog your arteries. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to have diabetes. You're going to have hypertension. You're going to have obesity. You're going to have all these diseases. It makes sense, right? It's simple. It's funny, though, that today, you know, people, people eat all this junk food, right? And all these fatty foods, right? And then they go to the doctor, and the doctor tells them, oh, you know, that's too bad. We're going to have to give you a pill so you can continue eating what you're, you know, all the bad stuff. But now at least we can control your, your diabetes, right? Diabetes type 2, let's say, right? And you can maintain that for the rest of your life until you die, right? <clears throat> that's just, this is nonsense, right? Is that nonsense? Yeah. Why don't we just say, and, and, and not to pound on the doctors, because the doctors actually don't necessarily mean all these things wrong, but they understand that people don't want to change their lifestyle, you know? It's not so easy. Suddenly, if the doctor says, well, actually, you shouldn't be eating all that, you know, cholesterol type of foods, well, meat and, and, and a bunch of cheese and different things, right? That have a lot of cholesterol, well, that's gonna, it's going to make you fat. It's simple, right? But... He can say that, but they won't change anyway. So then he just gives, well, let me give you, let me give you a pill, right? At least it won't, you know, this way you won't die as fast, you know? But that's not the point of God's commandments. God's laws, the natural laws, what were they going to do? They were going to say that every single, every single Jew, right? The people of Israel were not going to have any diseases, not one disease. They were not going to have depression. They were not going to have diabetes. They were not going to have hypertension. They were not going to have cancer. They weren't going to have any of this stuff, right? Why? Because they follow God's laws of nature. God's laws of nature are exactly as important as God's laws in spiritual nature, right? 
Same. Absolutely same. They're part of God's laws. Gravity is part of God's laws, right? It's a law of nature. It's God's law. He made it, right? So God says, look, gravity. Hey, I would recommend, this is what God says, right? I recommend that you follow gravity, right? Don't, don't try anything, okay? Just follow, follow the law. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, right? Now, I can say as a rebel, right? Human beings, right? I say, I don't want to follow the law of gravity. I'm going to go out, get up on this roof, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to walk off it, right? Act like there's no law of gravity, right? What's going to happen to me? Yeah, I'm going to reap some consequences, right? Yeah, I'm going to fall down. Maybe, maybe, maybe die, right? I just had a guy the other day. He was demon-possessed. He actually jumped off of a roof and broke both of, both of his legs just last week. It's crazy. Anyway, that's a different story. But the truth is that you can't, if you're going to neglect the laws of God, if you're going to deny that these commandments are there, well, you're going to bring you're going to bring some problems upon you, right? You're going to have some consequences. Well, if you jump off, yeah, you're going you're gonna to either die or you're going to break your neck or something, right? You're going to break something. And therefore, it's actually wise, it's wise to follow the laws of God, right? If you follow, if you follow gravity, you'll be fine. This is what God says. This is what God has been saying. Hey, if you just follow my laws, you'll be healthy. You won't have any diseases, Right? If you follow my laws, actually even in business, um, business principles, if you follow God's laws, you will be the object lesson of prosperity in the entire world. That was what Israel was designed to do. In, in our time, it was actually designed to, do, to, to, to be exactly the same thing. You know that? If you study... If you've studied any of Adventist history, and I really encourage you to study Adventist history because it gives you a whole different perspective on what we're supposed to be doing, right? If you study in the beginnings um, in Battle Creek, talking about being the object lesson of health, okay? Health. We'll go into health first, and then later on we'll go into prosperity and in uh, monetary resources, okay? In health. Adventism was actually designed to be the object lesson of health for the entire world. It was supposed to be the reference point for all knowledge, all science that has to do with medicine, that has to do with anything, actually all sciences, but especially medicine, right? We were designed to, to, to be the head in all of this and not the tail. When, when we started um, Battle Creek, okay, Battle Creek College and the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Have you heard of the Battle Creek Sanitarium? Okay, Battle Creek Sanitarium with Dr. Kellogg, right? Dr. Kellogg, one of the most, one of the most genius people that, that we have had in Adventism. Actually, most, most of, the, of the pioneers of Adventism... Most of them were, were geniuses. Most of them were super intelligent. They were inventors. They invented, you know the pro, pro, prothesis? How do you say? Yeah, the amputations, you know. 
this was invented by Uriah Smith, right? Uriah Smith, the guy that wrote the book on Daniel and Revelation, that is the reference point for everything that we know on Daniel and Revelation. This guy invented prothesis. He invented all kinds of other stuff, right? Kellogg invented hundreds of different things. Most things that we have today in our gyms, in all of our gyms worldwide, were invented by Kellogg, okay? Most of these things, how to, how to exercise abs, these machines, you know, all kinds of stuff, okay? Anything you can imagine, this man invented there according to the simple things that God had been showing um, to his people through Ellen White, giving them counsels, okay, this is how, these are the principles, this is how you need to work. And this guy, Kellogg, humble as he was in the beginning, right, he received that counsel, and everything that came his way, every study, every, every, every idea that came, he would apply it, he would, he, would, he would analyze it according to the counsels, according to Ellen White's counsel on health, and he would say, Okay, this agrees with this? Okay, let me implement it. Oh, this doesn't agree with this? Oh, I'm not going to implement this, right? And so he started implementing all of these things in the Battle Creek Sanitarium, which was the Adventist version of a hospital, okay? The Adventist version of a hospital, a sanitarium or a lifestyle center, the way we call them today, or a wellness center is the new term now. So, so he was getting all of these patients... And he was applying all this stuff. I mean, you can't imagine all the things that this man invented. A light box, okay? Ellen White says, you, you know, you can, you can treat with light or you can treat with warmth, okay? So then, so then he, it, he develops a, a, a box with like a hundred light bulbs inside and you sit in it, right? And, you, and you, they treat all kinds of diseases with this stuff, okay? Skin diseases and... and, and circulatory diseases, all, the, all kinds of stuff. Simple, I mean, simple stuff, okay? Hydrotherapy with water. You know, water is one of the most effective ways to, disease, to treat any disease, right? I mean, most diseases. Why? Because it's one of the most effective ways to, to develop your immune system, right? To increase your immune system. Actually, the, the point is that the body is able to treat its own, its, itself, Right? Nature actually treats the diseases. <clears throat> and so we are to simply aid nature in the process. So that's what, that's what hydrotherapy does, right? Hot, cold, hot, hot water and cold water. You know, if you put, hot water, if you put your hand in, in hot water, what happens, to your, what happens to your hand? It's all red, right? Why does it get red? Yeah, all the blood flows right there, right? So then if you put it in cold water, what happens? Right? So it starts to move your circulation, right? So then it starts to, 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 to pump everything, and it starts to move all the toxins out and so forth, right? It's very, very powerful, but so simple. It's water, nothing but water, right? So this guy starts to, starts to realize all of these things, and he starts implementing. He de develops all, this, all kinds of machineries, okay? Things, vibrators for feet. And if you've ever been to Michigan, Battle Creek, oh man, you need to, you need to see it. Incredible, okay? Machines, things you can, you can lie on your, on, your, on your stomach if you have like a, an intestinal problem, right? He developed this, this like a, it's like a massage table with a hole in the middle and a machine underneath that has like six things that go like this. 
on top. So you lean on top of there, and it just goes, and you just, it, it fixes you, right? I mean, amazing, okay? This guy was, he was a genius, okay? He was a genius. The ore, you know, you know how you have that, the ores in, in all the gyms? He invented this, okay? I mean, I mean, most things, I'm serious. Peanut butter, anyway, all right, all right. We go on and on and on. Now, this guy started inventing all this stuff based on the counsels of Ellen White, right? How, how, how the truth is about all this stuff. And so everybody that came to this place, all the others had no idea about health at all, right? I mean, I mean these guys were like cutting people's, people's um, arteries to have the blood flow out if they had like... Uh, headache, you know, it's like too much blood in the head. Okay, let me cut, let me get some blood out, right? I mean, they had no conception of health, you know. And so suddenly, you know, Ellen White has all these, all these visions on, on, on all this rational how it's supposed to work, and and instead of using drugs, use the natural remedies and this and that, all this stuff, right? So he starts applying this stuff. Suddenly, all the people that go there get healthy. Everybody that goes to any other hospital. Get sick, okay? They get sick or they die or, you know, they don't have anything, right? So they all start going to, to Battle Creek, right? They go to the Battle Creek sand. That was what it's called, right? So suddenly all the presidents from the United States, from other countries, they start going to the Battle Creek sand because that is where everybody was getting healed. Everybody was getting healed. Not because of Kellogg, but because of what? Yeah, because, of the, because God, God's laws were being respected. And God was able to bless those people doing, doing these things and giving God the glory, right? I mean, it was, it was simply amazing. So this guy was actually always years ahead of everybody else, okay? All the Harvard and all the other universities, they were all way behind in comparison to Battle Creek. Battle Creek was way ahead. It was the reference point. Everybody from all the other universities, they would go to Battle Creek to say, Dr. Kellogg, how do you do it? Right? How do you do it? And he says, what would he say? What would he say? You know? He would say, well, anything that comes my way, I test it with the prophet. If it agrees with the Bible and the spirit of prophecy... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement that right away. If it doesn't agree, then it's just a fad, and it's a good idea, some, some crazy idea of somebody, and he doesn't apply it, right? So he always had success, and he was always much faster than everybody else, right? Much, much ahead. So that became the epitome of, of knowledge and science in, 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 in treatment, in health, in everything that, that, was, that was known back then. Right? Unfortunately, what happened? Well, Ge- Kellogg got proud, right? He got proud. He started thinking that it was his wisdom, not God's wisdom. And so he started, he started taking the glory for himself. He started getting, actually, he came on a trip to Europe, right? These Europeans, right? I'm European too. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But he came on a trip and he got into pantheism. And so, and so it messed his whole brain up. 
right? He started thinking that God was in everything and in every cell and this and that. I mean, all, all kinds of stuff. He, he actually published a book, the, the Review and Herald. You know why there was a fire in Review and Herald? Yeah, because they, they were seeing if they could publish this, these, this kind of book and, and other books. I mean, horrible, right? So then, huge crisis, 1902, 1903, big crisis. Eventually, Kellogg apostatizes, and, and, uh, and everything was actually, he changed the legal structure of the, the, the Battle Creek sand so that it would be his own. And Anyway, big story, big disaster. And it actually almost destroyed the church. It almost destroyed Adventism. Okay? This is how, how strong it was and how powerful Kellogg actually was. Kellogg had a lot of influence because he was so, so, so intelligent, you know, because he would do all of these things. So everybody would look to him and he started going off and a lot of people, you know, were really shaken during that time. So, so Adventism was actually designed to reform the entire medical practice of the modern-day world. Not only health, but also education. Right there, because of this situation, God gave Ellen White another vision and told her, okay, we need to... God is proactive, you know? He's proactive. He, he, he doesn't say, oh, why did you do this? You know, no. God finds a solution, right? So he says, okay, this didn't work. Let me do something else, right? What did he do? What did he do? You know? What did he do? He's like, okay, let's establish an institution at, in California, Loma Linda. Let's, and so, so God had gave Ellen White a vision of a property, beautiful property out in Loma Linda in California. This was in 1903, 1904. Where they went down, they purchased the property, got tremendous thing, right? They for like a fourth of the price, they got they got this amazing property, beautiful with orchards and all kinds of stuff out in the out in the country, close to the city to reach the cities and so forth. And there we were to design the in the actual Adventist medical um, program for the entire world, okay? For the entire world. It was supposed to be done. They were supposed to do it. And, they, and they, they actually started out well. These guys were so cutting edge, okay? Cutting edge means like top of the line. Always the newest inventions they were, be, they were doing. They were starting to be able to do surgeries. And instead of using drugs, instead of using like anesthesias and stuff, they were using ice, okay? Ice now. High you know, engineered, okay, like high quality, okay, these guys were starting to experiment with these things to try to figure out how to do it God's way, how to do it the best way, you know how ice numbs your, your skin, if you have it on there, yeah, so these guys were, were developing into these things, unfortunately, actually, we were designed, in Loma Linda, we were designed to develop our own medical doctoral program okay doctors nurses and other programs as well to develop doctors but not according to god's not according to the world system not the american medical association right which was the world's system of accreditation 
but actually according to God's order. She says, according to God's order. If we had done this from the beginning, back then it was easy. Man, we would have developed our own system of education, not not, um, bowing down to any accreditation from the world, right? Developing our own doctors, but these are real doctors of God's order, okay? No drugs, no all this stuff. Real doctors doing our message, starting sanitariums all over the world and all this stuff, right? From, from that time, that was supposed to happen, unfortunately, after even six years, six years into it, it went, we, we, we bowed down to the world system, and you can read all of this, if you're interested, you can read this in Loma Linda Messages, okay, it's on your phone as well if you have the app. Loma Linda Messages, incredible, okay? We went into, into accreditation, into the world's accreditation, and, and so we started getting the teachers, the PhDs and so forth from, from, from the world, you know, that didn't understand God's way of healing and so forth, and we started copying the world system of health, the world system of how to do everything, and, and you know, the horrible thing is that we do a bad job at it, you know? Like, we do a bad job at the world system, you know? Now, we've had a little bit of recognition, you know. I don't know if you know the study of, uh, of Loma Linda, right? Where, where uh, in Loma Linda, they become, they're, they're actually, you know, Adventists are the longest living culture, right? Together with, like, some people from Japan and Tibet or I don't know what, right? And, and we, live, we live on average... 10 years longer than everybody else, okay? Adventists live 10 years longer on average than everybody else. Now, 10 years, let me tell you, it's a, it's a shame. Can I say that? It's a disgrace that it's only 10 years. Actually, it was supposed to be like 30 or 40 or more years. On average, I'm telling you, on average, if we would live the health message the way God has designed it for Adventism. Amazing. But because we, we kind of mix, you know? We kind of mix. We try to do it kind of with the world and try to, you know, kind of do not, you know? And so, so we kind of get 10 years, you know? You know that according to um, the world statistics on the curing of cancer... You know what the rate is of curing cancer? Curing cancer means that the person is still alive after five years after having been diagnosed with cancer. That's clinical, right? You know what the statistics is? About 3%. 3%, okay? The vast majority don't make it, okay? Now... This is in the, in the world system of, of medicine. Now, in God's system of medicine, <clears throat> you think it'll be 3%? No, in God's system of medicine, it's way more, right? It should be, be actually, if it was 6%, if it was 6%, that would be twice as effective, as successful as the world system, right? That would already be extremely good, 
right? But you know what? They did a study over 10 years so far, and it's not, um, it's not an extensive scientific study, but over 10 years um, at Eden Valley, at one of, one of the institutions that does, that does medical missionary work, that does, it's, actually a, it's actually a satellite project from Wildwood, <coughs> where, where I'm working at right now. And they've done, they've done a study over 10 years of all of their cancer patients, and they've followed up with all of them, and, and, uh, and they treat, they specify, um, they specifically treat cancer at this place. And, and, and they, they work with their patients and so forth. These guys, you know how, what their rate is, what their success rate is of, of curing cancer, cancer? You know what it is? Imagine if it was 6%. It would be double as much as the world. Imagine if it's 12%. 12 would be four times as successful as the world. It's not 12. It's not even, it's not 24. It's not 48. It's so far, okay, this year, it's 67% of all cancer patients. 67%. And you know what? These guys, they do a good job. But even they can improve. Even they can, you know, 67%? In God's picture, God's way, she says, he says, no diseases will come upon his people, right? God has a solution for all of these diseases. We just haven't studied into it, you know? The natural way of healing, God's way of healing, right? So this is crucially important, right? So imagine if we had all of our Adventist universities, all of our Adventist um, hospitals and lifestyle centers could bring out studies like that. You know, where would you go treat if you had cancer? Where would you go treat your cancer? In a, in a, in a worldly institution? No, I'm not stupid, right? <laughs> That's not, that, I would never do that. I would go to these guys because they know what they're doing, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's successful, right? So, so Adventism was designed to actually do that, okay? Not only in cancer. Cancer is one example, but in every single science, right? Ellen White says in every single science, we were to be cutting edge. We would be the top. We would be the head of the, of, of the world, not the tail. You know, now we're kind of like, you know? You know? That's a, you know, that's a disgrace to God. It's actually, it's, we, 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 it's almost shameful, you know? But, but this is what we need to, what we need to learn that, that this is, it's a disgrace, you know? This is like David, you know? David, when he went to Goliath, when he came down, he saw Goliath laughing at the Israelites, at God's people, <laughs> right? You guys, you little dogs over there, right? What in the world? You don't have any, any stronger. That's a disgrace, you know? The world is laughing at us like that, you know? <laughs> right? And David comes along, and he goes to his brothers, he says, hey, we need to do something about this. The guy had a burden. He had a burden that God's name would not be in such a disgrace, you know? And he came and he told his brother, hey, we need to do something about this. What did the brother say? Hello. Shut up, brother. Go back and tend your sheep, you know? 
Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. You know, you know what David did? You know what? I think, you know, I probably, I would have said, oh, oh, okay, oh, all right. I go back home, you know. I tried my best, you know. That's it. But David didn't do that, right? How, how was David? He's like, oh, you're not listening to me? I think we need to go speak to the king, right? Let's go speak to the king. Go speak to the king. And says, hey, this is a disgrace to God's people. How can we say that God is, is more powerful than these guys and, and this guy's making fun of us? He's making fun of God. You know, you know the rest of the story. Praise the Lord, right? One guy, one guy that stood up and said, you know what? We can't let this be, continue to be a disgrace to God, you know? No, we need to do something. We need to change something. We need to... We need to make God's people be the head of the world again so that they can be the blessing that God has designed God's people to be, right? This is for, excuse me, for the health side as well as for the prosperity side. Prosperity side, let's go. We have just a few minutes. For prosperity, let's go to... Um, Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> and then I'll read you one more quote that shows what the design was. Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6. Can you read it for us? Oh, you don't have English? Somebody, you, can, you have an English Bible. All right. This verse reveals something. It actually says that God's design, this is right before the Ten Commandments, right? This is Exodus 19. Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. Exodus 19 tells us that God's design for God's people was actually that every single person was to be what? A priest. Every single person was designed to be a priest. It's to be a kingdom of priests, right? A royal priesthood. In the New Testament, we have this confirmed, right? First, uh, First Peter 2.9. Yeah, a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood, <clears throat> a nation of priests. This was the design of God's people. Everybody in the Old Testament, in God's people were actually designed to be priests. What are priests? What are priests? Leaders. Priests are the ones that were separate. They were separated for what? For a holy cause. For a holy purpose, right? Those were the priests. Actually, the entire nation was separate for this holy cause. For the holy cause of being separate for God's work. Now, there were some special priests... Which 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 were which who, who which priests were the special ones? Yeah, the Levite priests, right? The Levite priests. The Levite priests were the ones that were taking care of what? 
Yeah, they were taking care of the sanctuary, right? Those are the ones that today will be the pastors, right? The pastors are actually the Levite priests of that time. The Levite priests. We think that the pastors are the priests. That's it. And we, what are we? Well, we're the laity, right? We're the lay people. Actually, that's a wrong concept. That's a wrong concept. It shows, it, it, it makes us think that only the priests or only the Levite priests actually need to work for God and the laity needs to do what? Pay tithe so that they can do the work, right? That's not how it works, right? Who produces the sheep? The sheep or the shepherd? Yeah, it's the sheep, right? The sheep produce sheep, not the shepherd. It doesn't work that way. It actually does not work. And the system, you know, this is probably the greatest lie, the greatest deception that the, Lord, that, that the devil has put into our concept of life. That, that, um, that we can be normal lay people and, and still be fine. Not have to work in, the, in, in God's work and not have a design for that, and, and it's still fine. And the priests, you know, they, they, work, they work full time. That was not the design, actually, of, of, of Israel. Every single person was designed to be a priest. There's two types of priests. There's the Levi priests. The Levi priests are supported by what? Tithe. Tithe, actually. Gifts, offerings, they were also for other stuff, right? For, in the Old Testament, they were for widows and for different things, right? Offerings. But tithe was specifically to run the sanctuary, to run the pastors today, right? That's why we give tithe to the church, is to be able to, to, to run the system, right? So, so that's, that's really important. But all the rest, they were designed to still be priests. They were actually designed also for a holy cause, to be missionaries, but they were not to be supported by tithe, but they were to be supported by what? They were to be supported by, let me read you the quote. Minister of Healing, page 183. In God's plan for Israel, every family had a home on a land, on the land, with sufficient ground for tilling. Thus were provided both the means and the incentive for a useful, industrious, and here's the key word, and self-supporting life. Okay? Every single family was designed to actually be self-supporting, sustaining themselves, and while they sustained themselves, actually through what they are doing, through their work that they were doing, they were designed to preach the gospel through that thing that they were doing, through that business, whatever it was that they were doing. This plan is the most intelligent plan. It says, it says here, it continues, it says, thus were, okay, a self-supporting life, and no devising of men has ever improved upon that plan. There's nothing smarter than that. To the world's departure from it, 
is owing to a large degree the poverty and wretchedness that exists today. Wow. We would have no poverty if simply everybody would have their own land sufficient to till their own, their own food and, and live an industrious, self-supporting life. That's the most intelligent way. Actually, this was the way how they were to achieve what? Prosperity to be the example to the Federal Reserve. Okay? Through this system, self-supporting and supporting the Levites with that, right? Everybody actually being a priest. Everybody being a missionary. Priest is an old term for missionary. Today we say modern day term is, is, is missionary, right? So these guys were all designed to be missionaries, but most of them were designed to be self-supporting missionaries. And everybody, and everybody else, they went into the ministry, quote-unquote, right? Into pastoral work, and they were supported by tithe. So that was the design back then for prosperity in their nation. And, and I propose to you tonight that the same exact plan is proposed to Adventism at this time of, of world's history. And actually, it is the condition that we get back to this plan that will actually finish the work in just one generation. It's following this plan that makes us be able to finish this work. Now, tomorrow, is it tomorrow? Or the day after tomorrow, Sunday, we'll, we will study on how that plan was actually designed, comprehensively designed, how every single church member was, was designed to actually become a missionary, a full-time missionary actually, in the comprehensive plan of Adventism to to, to finish the gospel in this generation. We're going we're gonna to learn how to do that, how that was designed. It's actually all revealed, right? And we'll, we'll find that out. And that will give us the basis for us to figure out how our lives can be aligned with God's plan. Does that make sense? You want to find that out? It's amazing, huh? It's amazing how Adventism was designed. And, and, and we don't, we almost don't care about it, you know? All right, well, I hope, I hope that this has, has, has helped us to, to, to see a different picture, a different vision of what we're supposed to do. So, so um, yeah, we'll see each other on Sunday. Let's have a word of prayer, and we can finish. <clears throat> Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you so much for being with us. Lord, for giving us another perspective of what you have designed your remnant people to be, Lord. Lord, that we do not have to be ashamed of who we are, but that we can truly say that these are your ordained methods, your ordained commands, your ordained principles, and your ordained people to help the entire world, Lord, to bless the entire world with this beautiful knowledge and beautiful practical truths that, that, that you have given us, Lord. Lord, help us to be good stewards with all of this knowledge and, and truly be able to bless others with that. Please bless everybody in this room that, that we might follow this plan in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.